Hello, this is Zana from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Wednesday, the 21st of July. India reported 42,015 new coronavirus cases in the last 24 hours, taking the total cases to over 3.12 crore. Today's case count is 39.61% higher than yesterday's count when a total of 30,093 cases were reported. The death toll rose sharply to 3,998 after Maharashtra added 3,509 previous deaths to its count. The total number of fatalities stands at 4,18,480. All these figures, however, are widely believed to be undercounts. A nationwide sero-survey conducted by the Indian Council of Medical Research found that two-thirds of the Indian population above the age of six have already been infected with the coronavirus and possess COVID antibodies. The survey was the fourth of its kind and discovered that 67.6% of the 28,975 people tested as part of the survey had antibodies. Furthermore, Nearly half of the minors aged 6 to 17 who were tested as part of the survey had antibodies. However, this still leaves 40 crore people susceptible to infection. In other news, the Municipal Corporation of Greater Mumbai said it has run out of coronavirus vaccines. Yesterday, it closed 251 of the 309 government-run vaccination centres. No vaccinations are being administered today. Despite these shortages, during a discussion of the COVID-19 situation in the country in the Rajya Sabha yesterday, Bharti Praveen Pawar, the Union Ministry for Health, maintained that none of the states faced COVID vaccine shortages. During the same discussion, Housing and Urban Affairs Minister Hardeep Singh Puri defended the government's management of the pandemic and accused opposition parties of politicizing the health crisis. The government also stated that none of the states or unions have reported any deaths due to a shortage of oxygen. According to the government, the onset of the second wave caused the demand for medical oxygen to rise from 3095 metric tons to 9000 metric tons, and it had to step in to ensure equitable distribution of oxygen to all the states. It added that the government has supported states to its fullest ability by providing medical oxygen and other medical consumables to help combat the steep rise in coronavirus cases in the country. We have told you what the government said. We have also told you in the past about what actually happened during the second wave of the pandemic in April and May. There were daily reports of people dying from a lack of oxygen. In Goa, over 80 died at a state-run medical facility over five days in May. In Andhra Pradesh, 11 COVID patients who were at a hospital ICU died allegedly after the supply of medical oxygen was disrupted. In Hyderabad, 7 patients died at a government hospital during a 2-hour cut in oxygen supply. In Delhi, 21 patients died in a hospital allegedly due to oxygen shortage. At News Laundry, we published a series of reports on the oxygen crisis from the national capital which was battered by the dire need for oxygen, and also from the states of Uttar Pradesh and Maharashtra. You can read all our reports under the COVID section on our website, newslaundry.com. Globally, according to Johns Hopkins University, 
over 191 million people have been infected with the coronavirus and over 4.1 million people have died. Yesterday, the Supreme Court quashed Part 9b of the 97th Amendment of the Constitution, which dictates how cooperative societies within a state would be run. These provisions in the amendment, which were passed by the Parliament in 2011 without ratification by state legislatures, maintained that the working of cooperative societies belongs wholly and exclusively to the state legislatures to legislate upon. They went so far as to determine the number of directors in a society, the length of their tenures, and the level of expertise required to become a member of a cooperative society. According to the Indian Express, a bench comprising Justices R.F. Nariman, K.M. Joseph, and B.R. Gawai ruled against these parts of the amendment, while Justice Joseph, in a separate judgment, struck down the entire 97th Amendment. Upholding a 2013 Gujarat High Court verdict, the Apex Court said, and I quote, As held by us above, it is declared that Part 9b of the Constitution of India is operative only insofar as it concerns multi-state cooperative societies, both within the various states and in the Union territories of India, unquote. Assam Chief Minister Hemanta Biswasarma accused Amnesty International, one of the world's largest human rights advocates, of conspiring to defame PM Modi and called on the centre to ban it from India, India Today reported. His remarks are in line with the recent row over the Pegasus quote-unquote snooping issue that pertains to the alleged hacking of phones of journalists, activists, and politicians in India using Israeli spyware. Questioning Amnesty's credibility, Sarma said, and I quote, The story was broken by certain international media and some news portals in India, and they have said that Amnesty International is the partner. We all know the role of Amnesty. They are encouraging all-along left-wing terrorism in India, and they are working overnight to defame India globally. We know all the credibility of Amnesty. Unquote. Sarma claimed that the group had a long history of hatching conspiracies against India's democratic fabric and its leadership. He said, and I quote, I strongly condemn this conspiracy and demand a ban on activities of such organizations which are hell-bent on defaming and harming our nation. Unquote. According to NDTV, these statements are also likely a response to Amnesty's criticism of PM Modi with regard to alleged human rights violations during the government's dealing of the Delhi riots and in Jammu and Kashmir following the revocation of Article 370. Last year, the Indian government clashed with Amnesty over allegations that it had received illegal foreign funds and never registered under the Foreign Contribution Regulation Act. In September last year, Amnesty's bank accounts in India were frozen, while this February, the Enforcement Directorate attached movable properties worth Rs 17.66 crore as part of a money laundering probe. However, Amnesty claimed that the government is pursuing a witch hunt and that it has complied with all Indian and international laws to receive funds. As a part of the series on the Pegasus project, The Guardian reported that Pakistan's Prime Minister Imran Khan is among 14 world leaders on a leaked list of potential targets for the Pegasus surveillance software. Besides Khan, the list includes French President Emmanuel Macron, 
The Guardian reported that Khan was chosen as a person of interest in 2019. Macron appeared to have been chosen as potential target for surveillance by Morocco in 2019. Ramaphosa was reportedly chosen by Rwanda in the same year. King Mohammed VI of Morocco, a target of surveillance in 2019, was reportedly chosen by the security forces of his own country. Moreover, World Health Organization Director General Tedros Adhanom also featured on the list of potential targets. He was also reportedly chosen by Morocco in 2019. NSO Group, the Israeli cyber intelligence company that developed and licensed the software, stated that it licensed its software only to vetted governments and that it was meant to target criminals. However, the leaked list has names of business executives, human rights activists, journalists, politicians and government heads. However, according to The Guardian, the Israeli group clarified that Macron was not a target for his customers, thus denying that the French president was chosen for surveillance. A spokesperson of the NSO group added that Morocco's King Mohammed VI and the WHO chief were not and never have been targets or selected as targets of the NSO group customers. The Pegasus revelations began Sunday night with 17 news organizations publishing a list of people whose phones were possibly infected with the Pegasus spyware. This included 40 Indian journalists, Congress leader Rahul Gandhi, Union Minister Ashwini Vaishnav, Prahlad Singh Patel, and virologist Gagandeep Kang and many others. That the list included current ministers prompted several politicians to criticize the leaks as attempts to malign India's democracy. One of the critics was Home Minister Amit Shah, who called the Pegasus reports the work of some disruptors and obstructors trying to derail India's development trajectory through their conspiracies. Here at News Laundry, we took the liberty of marking up Shah's speech. Shah's statement is a study in straw man, a tribute to tin pot accountability. The Home Minister did not spend a sentence to clarify whether the privacy of Indian citizens was breached or not using the Israeli spyware. Check out the report on our website. It is titled, Amit Shah says facts of Pegasus snooping are there for entire nation to see. What did we miss? Listeners, the Pegasus leaks are a distressing reminder of how we all are a part of a threatening surveillance regime. Journalists need to step up and readers need to help. So, support independent media platforms such as ours, which are free from the government's clutches. Log on to newslaundry.com. Click on the subscribe button on the top right-hand corner of our website. Our lowest subscription starts at Rs 300 a month only. 28-year-old Ananya Kumari Alex, Kerala's first transgender radio jockey, was found dead in her Kochi apartment yesterday. According to the police, the death is suspected to be suicide. Working as a makeup artist and a freelance fashion stylist, Ananya was the first transgender candidate who contested the Kerala Assembly polls. The police registered a case of unnatural death. News Minute reported that a post-mortem will be conducted at the Government Medical College in Kala Masiri today. In a recent interview to the Q, Ananya had alleged she faced gross medical negligence by doctors at Kochi-based Rinai Multispeciality in her sex reassignment surgery conducted in June 2020. She said in the interview, and I quote, I am a victim of gross medical negligence. 
My private part looks like a piece of meat. It has no resemblance to a vagina. I want to conduct a re-surgery. I want justice. Unquote. Explaining that she had various issues a year after her surgery, she said other transgender persons had faced medical negligence from the same hospital and doctors as she did. China's central province of Henan saw massive floods brought on by record-breaking rainfall on Tuesday. According to Al Jazeera, in the landslide and flooding, at least 16 people died in the underground railroad system of Henan's capital, Zhengzhou. Over 200,000 were forced to evacuate from their homes. Social media footage of the situation showed people in Zhengzhou's subway submerged in neck-high water, clinging to the subway carriage's handrails, while other footage showed water rising through the subway tunnels. The rain which began over the weekend and turned into torrential storms on Tuesday has caused flooding in over a dozen cities in Henan. Weather authorities in Zhengzhou said that the province has issued its highest weather warning in 100 years. There have been reports of people being swept away by rapid flood waters with cars and debris shifting down streets. Numerous dams have reached critical capacity and threatened collapse if the rainfall continues. That's all the news we have for you today. Stay safe and hold on during these distressing times. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.